we're really excited to have some great guests at the Golden State of California to talk about an important case going on out there. I'm going to bring them on right now. I want to welcome first the Director of Outreach for California Family Council, Sophia Laurie, and uh, Matthew Hoffman, who is Legal Counsel for Alliance Defending Freedom. They are our guests this morning. I want to say welcome to the show to both of you. Well, thanks so much for having us on. Yes, thank you. It's a pleasure. You're welcome. I'm really excited about this case that we're going to talk about. And Sophia, you're kind of the uh, at the center of it. So we're going to start with you. We're going to come back to Hub Matthew later to talk about the legal implications. But Sophia, let's go to you first. I want to ask you, just tell us what happened. Um, most of our audience is probably not not tracking what went down. So tell us what led up to this case. Yeah, well, I'm in California, and so we're having a lot of issues with men being in women's sports and women's bathrooms and locker rooms, especially at the high school level. So um, Moms for Liberty of Yolo County wanted to host an event in Davis, California about this, and they invited me to speak. It was at a public library. It was a forum on fair and safe sports for girls. We were just there to tell the community what's going on, inform them about the regulations at high school sports that's allowing for boys to play on the girls' sports teams. So myself, I played soccer my entire life. I then was a college athlete playing soccer, and I was simply there to share my experience of being a college soccer player. So I got to the library. I was the first person up to speak, and I started sharing my story that when I was 10 years old, all I wanted to be was a college soccer player. And I knew I could achieve that dream as long as I worked hard and put my mind to it. But my heart breaks because current 10 year old girls can't achieve the same dreams because men are taking their spots on teams, boys are taking their spots on teams, and they're not gonna be able to become college athletes and get to that next level because of that. So I shared that and I just simply said, men don't belong in women's sports. The second I said that, the crowd started to heckle me. We had people there in support, but we also had a lot of protesters in the room. So they began to heckle me. Um, they claimed I was misgendering. And the librarian himself said, if I continued to misgender, that he would kick me out of the event and shut the event down. So I just continued to share my story because I was just sharing biological truth. I was just talking about my own testimony of being a college athlete. And so I went on talking about the physiological advantages males have over females when it comes to sports. And again, he told me I needed to leave and eventually he shut the event down, ultimately for saying men don't belong in women's sports. Wow, Sophia. So I can't imagine how that must have felt like. I'm gonna ask you about that in just a minute. But first of all, I want to ask you just for the sake of our audience and everyone listening, tell us what is this idea of misgendering and how how is what you were doing somehow fall into that? Well, it really doesn't fall into that, um, you know. I'm going to follow science, follow the truth, biological truth. There's only two sexes, male and female. And so I'm going to speak about the truth. And somehow that's what the librarian claimed to be false. He wanted us to say that trans women are women. That's just not the case. Only a woman can be a woman. Only a man can be a man. And so that's kind of what set off the situation. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, I couldn't agree more. That's a good summation of, of what you were doing versus what you're being accused of, which you did not do, as you said. Um, but I did want to make sure our audience was up to speed on that and uh, let, them, let them know that there is video of this, which you can find on California Family Council's website. You can see just how poorly Sophia and uh, our other friends from Moms for Liberty who were there, just how poorly they were treated. 
Um, so Sophia, I want to I want to ask you just describe to us how you were feeling when this went on. I mean, here you are just trying to get up at an event that um, is just designed to advocate for women's opportunities in athletics, and you were just trying to tell your story, um, and you get heckled for it in this very unfair way. So. What is going through your head? What's going through your heart? And just tell us how you felt in that moment. Yeah, well, I was very shocked to hear the heckling. And like I said, it was just people in the crowd protesting. So I continued on. And that's when the librarian stepped in. That's when I started to feel confused. You're telling me I can't speak right now? because of what I'm saying, we have the First Amendment right. And so I was just kind of caught off guard. And that's why I asked him, why are you kicking me out of this? What's going on? Um, feeling confused, a little overwhelmed. There was a lot of people in the room shouting and yelling. But ultimately, like I said, I, I, was, I felt confused because a government official doesn't have the right to violate our First Amendment. And that's what was happening. And luckily we had attorneys in the room that kind of stood up and said, hey, you can't do that. And he still proceeded to, but it was an overwhelming feeling because I was just there to share my story. I didn't think it should have been a controversial issue. Indeed, it's not. And having seen that video, uh, I do wanna say, I'm, I'm sorry you were treated that way. That was not right. And uh, no one should be treated that way for their First Amendment rights and for exercising them. Um, I want to ask, did, did you anticipate any kind of uh, a reaction like this from the crowd with this event? Did you know that there would be people that disagree with you there and, and, might, uh, and might get riled up? Going into the event, um, as I mentioned earlier, it was in Davis, California. And for those of you who aren't familiar with California, Davis does tend to be one of the most liberal cities in California. Um, it's a very blue area. So I did expect there to be people that maybe disagreed with me, but I thought I was going to go speak to maybe 20 to 30 local moms, dads, grandmas, grandpas that just wanted to know what was happening to their daughters and their granddaughters. So I wasn't expecting any major protesters or anything like that. And like I said, all the protesters were in the room. There was plenty of people with trans flags. They had trans flags painted up and down their arms, the word pride painted up and down their arms. Um, so that's when I started to realize, wow, this, these people are here to protest. But I started off the meeting saying, hey, we're going to have time for Q&A at the end. There's a great lineup of speakers. We had attorneys. We had people that were very knowledgeable on what's happening in CIF and sports in California's high schools. So let's get through it. Let them speak. We're going to be respectful of each other. And then if you have questions or want to speak at the end, you'll have the opportunity to. I thought that was going to keep the meeting calm, but I ended up being wrong about that. You did say that at the outset of the, uh, of the video is you, you asked for, for patience, for people to, to save their questions for the end, because um, that's how the heckling seemed to start. Is someone asks you, are you going to misgender the whole time? And, um, and you handled it very well, both at the outset and as the heckling intensified. Um, I do want to encourage our audience to go watch this video. California Family Council is one of uh, our 40 state plus state family policy councils. You can find them at CaliforniaFamily.org. You can find this video there. And it's worth watching just to see how well Sophia and the others that were there handled themselves under this really intense pressure. Uh, I've, I've received some pressure like this and some heckling like this before, Sophia, in legislative sessions, as you know. Um, but it's it, to get it on video like this, then for it to go viral, um, you know, you've, you guys have handled it very well in, in the fallout. And um, I wonder if you could tell us what happened next after the librarian told you you would have to leave if you were going to continue to speak 
biological truth, which is outrageous enough. Um, what happened after that? Yeah, so like I said, I continue to speak. The crowd got louder. The librarian eventually stepped out of the room for a minute or two. And so I wasn't going to leave the event. I stepped to the side to let the next speaker go. I wanted the event to carry on. We were talking about important issues. Then the next speaker started to get up to the podium. The librarian came in. He turned off the lights and said, it's time for everyone to leave. So we eventually got kicked out of the library. And we tried to carry the event on at a public park nearby. It didn't work out too well. There was, like I said, some grandparents that couldn't stand to listen. People we had Zooming in to talk couldn't Zoom in. So the event didn't carry on too well. But that's when we ultimately sat down, me and the other people that were part of the event, and we um, started looking into pursuing legal action. So we reached out to Alliance Defending Freedom for that. Indeed, you did. And I'm very glad you did. And we're going to talk more about that in just a minute. But before we get there, just to set the stage for, for that side of things, I do want to know when the when the librarian effectively shut the event down. And uh, you guys had obviously engaged with them to arrange the event beforehand and didn't anticipate this. What, what was their reasoning? I mean, what did they cite saying that um, that this that they had to, that you had to either leave or stop the event if you were going to continue to speak biological truth? I, I think they had a policy or something. Can you can you tell us about the policy they tried to cite to do this? Yeah, the librarian began to explain that there's some California code that says you can't misgender. And he there is nothing like that. Correct. That he was talking about. Um, again, working with California Family Council, I'm very up to date with the laws and bills we have in place in California. And there's nothing directly on that. I think he was just looking for a way to get the meeting shut down and get us kicked out ultimately at the end of the day. And again, you can disagree with me, but you cannot violate my First Amendment right. We see this as a growing issue in California and across the nation, but we can't advance as a nation if we don't have these conversations. And so that's what we're looking to do now, being able to just let people know we have that First Amendment and that government officials can't shut you down even when they start claiming false policies. That's exactly right. And what happened to you is totally wrong. It's a violation of the First Amendment. So I'm glad you're pursuing legal action. Um, just before I get to, to Matthew, we're going to bring him on in just a second. I just want to ask you, you, you considered legal action. How did you get connected to the Alliance Defending Freedom? What led you to, to that connection and moving forward there? Yeah, being with California Family Council, we work with Alliance Defending Freedom on a ton of different issues, whether we need them to just look over some of the bills that our California legislators are writing. Um, we've worked with them a lot on our parental rights um, notification policy we're trying to get done in California. And so when this happened, Alliance Defending Freedom was one of the first groups we immediately reached out to them and said, hey, this is what's going on. We just love working with them, the values they hold, um, the amazing Supreme Court wins they had so it was a no-brainer to go with ADF. Makes sense to me. I have to agree ADF is a valued and, tr and tr trusted ally of Family Policy Alliance as well. We're so thankful to get to work with them on a lot of issues and so with that stage set I want to bring on uh, bring Matthew Hoffman back on again he's legal counsel with Alliance Defending Freedom and so Matthew I just want to ask you what's what's the legal issue here at this in this case? Well, the, the bottom line is the government cannot stop um, speech that it doesn't like. It cannot pick and choose which opinions are acceptable to hold and to speak in society. Uh, so the issue basically is the fundamental First Amendment freedom, uh, the right to express your opinion and engage in public dialogue on important topics. 
Well, well said, Matthew. So I want to ask you about what you're pursuing in this case. You know, I'm a lawyer too. And I know lawyers, when they bring actions, they usually have a desired end goal or objective they want to achieve. So what is that? And, and how's your progress coming towards, uh, towards the end goal you're looking at your objective? Absolutely. Uh, so, so this case is important just to vindicate that fundamental freedom. Um, Sophia and the other members of the forum on women's sports were talking about an important issue. And really, they were just stating biological fact. And I think we should all agree that we should all be free to express our opinions and state facts like that. Um, so what we're seeking in this legal action is first and foremost to that the, all the groups involved, including Sophia, Moms for Liberty, and others can hold the event as originally planned. Um, and so they will be doing that in early March if we secured the assurance that they will be able to do the event uh, from the county and that the county library will not interfere with it. Um, second is to change these policies, which as you were discussing with Sophia, um, led the librarian to censor her um, and the other speakers there. Uh, we need to change those policies to get them into compliance uh, with the First Amendment. And um, I'm pleased to report that the county is in the process of re revising those policies. And then the last component is um, it would be damages um, for the loss and injury that Sophia and the other groups and speakers faced um, in that night in August, that they were heckled, um, they were censored and told that their speech was wrong and disrespectful. Um, and, and that inflicts a First Amendment injury in addition to you know, travel costs and inconvenience associated with that. Um, so, so that's the last component of the relief we're seeking. Excellent. That's really encouraging, Matthew. Sounds like we're headed in, in, the, in the right direction in a lot of ways, but there's still some more to go. So we'll be following that. And in a minute, I'll ask, uh, I'll ask both of you to tell our audience where they can go to continue to follow this case. But before we get there, I just want to round all this off by um, a, um, a general question about what the big takeaway here is. Because as you both know, Family Policy Alliance started the Save Girls Sports campaign a few years ago, and we've seen remarkable legislative success through that campaign. 24 states have enacted significant athletic protections for female athletes so that they have a level playing field and are not forced to compete against biological men for opportunities, championships, and scholarships. And this is just another evolution of that overall issue of fairness for women on the athletic field. My sister was a great college athlete, and this campaign means a lot to me. And that's why these instances are so important. So I want you, you both to tell us what, what should our audience take away from this? What are you overall trying to achieve by making sure the world knows about what happened here and that what happened is made right? Yeah, well, you know, like I mentioned, myself being a college athlete, sports is a big issue on my heart. Sports brought me nearly everything in life. I am Christian, so God brings me everything in life. But sports, it 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 brought me the best of friends. It taught me how to work hard on the field, which is now applied into my career and applied into the classroom. It taught me how to handle the tough losses. I learned so much through it, as well as it helped pay for that level of higher education. And so girls are losing out on all of those opportunities, as well as girls are being injured. We are seeing up and down the nation Girls are being injured by boys playing on girls' sports teams. Girls are going through having to literally change naked next to boys in the dressing rooms before games, after practices, because we're allowing this. So originally, this started off to speak out about that, to get that change, to make sure girls' sports and spaces are once again protected. 
But now because of what happened at the library and the lawsuit that we are in, it's now also turned into a freedom of speech situation. You know, as I mentioned earlier, you can disagree with me, but you don't have the right to silence me. And so we we see up and down the nation. We're seeing it here in California. We've seen it with the Save Women's Sports Act. I think it's been passed in 26 states. We're protecting women's sports in a lot of states. We can't get that done if people don't recognize we have the ability to have these conversations. We need to have these conversations. We need to have them based off of truth. And that's how we're going to get things done. So it started off as protecting women's sports. And then we've now added on that free speech side of it as well. Absolutely. Matthew, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, uh, Sophia said it so well. Uh, this is really the bedrock issue. And, and that issue is that we all need to be free and we should all agree that we have the freedom to express our viewpoints and facts in, in the marketplace of ideas. And without that fundamental freedom, we have no hope of uh, advancing as a nation, as a people. Um, we have gotten these Save Women Sports Acts passed because we've been so effective at showing the unfairness to girls, um, the safety concerns that Sophia pointed out, because we have the freedom to express that and people then have the freedom to receive those ideas and, and further debate them, uh, further research them and understand them better. So without the freedom to advocate for these measures, we really have no hope of, of continuing to protect women. Um, and so this case is really at the foundational issue um, for all our other efforts in this space. And so uh, that's why it's so important. That is so well said from both of you. And you know, it reminds me of how it's been said that free speech is the scariest freedom for tyrants. And that is why this is an important issue for our socially conservative audience to follow. It's why I'm thankful for people like you, Sophia, who refuse to be silenced for simply speaking truth and exercising your First Amendment rights. And Matthew, it's why I'm thankful for people like you who advocate so well for people like Sophia, whose rights have been infringed upon. Thank you for all that you do and the folks at Alliance Defending Freedom do to, re to represent your clients so well. Um, I want to round off this show with just a couple of quick questions. First, I want to ask you both, where can our audience go to follow this case and to support you both uh, as this case unfolds and as we look to make this right? Sophia, I'll start with you first, and then Matthew, you can tell us where our audience can go. Yeah, for myself, um, again, I work with California Family Council, and uh, Joseph, you mentioned earlier, if you go to californiafamily.org, you will see blog articles um, we've written about this, as well as you'll see the original video about it, as well as you'll find all of our social media. We've been posting updates from ADF across our Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And then for myself, I host a podcast. It's called This is a Woman Podcast, and I am keeping all those people up to date, as well as what's going on on the case, resharing things from ADF, keeping people updated. And so the main form we use for that is on Instagram. It's just this is a woman podcast. And that's where you can figure out how to listen to it. It's all on all podcast platforms. And so talk about a lot of issues, but I'm definitely keeping people up to date with this issue. Yeah, uh, I encourage everyone to go to adflegal.org, uh, adflegal.org. That's our website. It contains updates on all our cases. Uh, this specifically is under the case page Moms for Liberty versus Lopez. Um, so you can find the complaint, other materials associated with the case and, and learn more about it. Um, so, so please seek that out and then uh, you can just become informed about all the other cases uh, that we're working on and what's going on in these spaces. Thank you both. I would encourage our audience to do that. Do go to those websites, do follow Sophia and what and this is a woman on social media. You'll get all the updates you need. You can also hear updates on these stories and many others on Family Policy Alliance's site. 
the SOCON report, a news aggregator site specifically for the social conservative. So with that, Sophia, Matthew, thank you. This has been a wonderful time. I really appreciate um, your grace and your dignity in handling all this and your advocacy for First Amendment rights and for biological truth. I encourage our audience, please be in prayer and, and support them as they, as they pursue this case. And we just thank you for your time to inform our audience. It's been a great show. And wish you the very best. Again, this has been the SoCon Report podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Combe. We will see you here again next week. Thank you, Joseph. Thanks very much. Brought to you by Family Policy Alliance. Our vision is a nation where God is honored, religious freedom flourishes, families thrive, and life is cherished.